Hey guys, this is Mookie from Even More About Nothing, and we just want to share a quick word from our sponsors. Jouet.co is an awesome website that sells fashionable, comfortable gaming clothing for nerds, geeks, and everyone into that kind of stuff. If you want to check out their awesome clothes from brands like FIFA, Final Fantasy, Dragon Ball Z, and Pokemon Go, check out the website Jouet.co. That's J-O-U-E dot C-O. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Even More About Nothing. Uh, it's a pretty small crew today, but we all right because it's Easter. Right. And it's also Lil Chano's birthday. Shout out to Lil Chano from 79th. And I just have to say, I don't know how many more times I can say, how more emphatically I can say it. I am stoked for his concert in Kansas City on May 13th. Listen, that weekend is so good for me. Isn't Travis Scott also like on Monday? The Monday after Chance comes to Kansas City, I'm in Uptown Theater, going crazy. Probably gonna get a, a whole gallon of water thrown at me. Because <laughs> I'll be in front row at the Travis Scott concert at the Uptown on May hey, 15th. If you do catch a gallon, get it signed. Listen. Never getting sold. Put it in a glass box. Okay. This is Travis Scott's yeah. Well, until funds are running low, you just. Yeah. Like, I was like, ah, uh, Travis. <laughs> can we have a talk? <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. So what's up, guys? You already know who it is. It's your boy Mateo. Like I said, small crew today. It is. It's been. I mean, we had some guests, but like. Yeah, last week we had, was pretty full. We had six last week. Six. Six, seven. Yeah, it was pretty full last week. So it's. it's Back to our roots, three man podcasts. Mm-hmm. Except take as much time to do absolutely nothing as we usually do on this podcast. Yeah, it's it's the slim down better version. So it's <laughs> like it's like this is how you this, s- this is even more about nothing after successfully doing P ninety X because you know like sometimes you, you get the DVD then you put it in you try for three days and then you sell the DVD on eBay for thirty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like someone's talking from experience. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I've done it. I just know people who've done it. Right. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Anyways, you know who I am. It's Mateo. Uh, I'll go ahead and steal Timmy Tunga's shtick. Follow me on uh, social media. Actually, pretty interesting stuff. I'm doing a 30-day photo challenge. Pretty so dope. you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram, Matt, with two Ts, underscore Ogutu. Uh, O-G-U-T-U. So that is Matt underscore Ogutu. That's also my Twitter handle. That's also Snapchat. Facts. Mm. He's pretty. Lot. He is pretty entertaining on 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 the Twitters. Yeah, but yeah, that I digress. So by the way, I should probably introduce myself. I'm actually the host of this podcast. At some point, every once <laughs> every every once in a while. Um, well, today you've been promoted to host again, and you'll be a mainstay until the others pick up their slack. I mean, no, they ain't coming back. We'll, we'll B team upgraded to A team. B team upgraded to A team. We are this A is squad. What, this is what happens when the varsity team is injured. Like, you don't have nothing but JV players who were waiting to play all year. Look, SPD, gotta, SPD showed us JV always comes through. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But in real life, JV never comes through. I mean, eh, let's not say that. I'm speaking from experience also. I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> Cut it out. I am Mookie. Um, catch me on. Almost every form of social media at Mookie833. I messed up when I made my Snapchat, so it's Mookie883, uh, which is really dumb. And then we already know the debacle that happened with PlayStation. <laughs> so if you if 
if you want to find me on PlayStation, find me at the real Mookie833. You can also find me at Mookie833. I also own that one, apparently. I didn't know, so I thought someone snagged my name, but, you know, I swiped myself. Um, same thing for Xbox, even though we're going to talk about that later in the show. Um, we're joined by our, our, our head of streaming services. Wow, that sounds so professional. But, for those who don't know who I am, my name is Todd. No, my name is actually not Who Todd. is Todd? <laughs> who is Todd? Stop my name, lying. My name is James. You can find me at Snapchat, James OG218. James, OG218. IG, James underscore OG18. And Twitter, James underscore OG18. Doesn't change much, does it? No, no. Hey, repetition is key. But anyways, uh, so we just want to go ahead and take this moment. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that happened this past week, both good and slightly unfortunate. Um, two separate corners of the entertainment industry uh, are mourning the losses of some pretty great contributors. Uh, on the anime side, uh, Kazunori uh, Mizuno who did animations for Bleach and Naruto, passed away. Uh, I believe reports came about Sunday that he had passed away. And so just shout out to uh, all the work he's done because a lot of his contributions made our childhoods great. Yeah. And, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that he really did help the show carry out what it envisioned and a lot of its success. Yeah. Um, and then also in the comedy industry, yeah, Charlie one, Murphy. Yeah, this one hurt. Um, R.I.P. Charlie Murphy. This man is really um, much more than Eddie Murphy's older brother. Um, Eddie Murphy talks about how he probably wouldn't have gotten into comedy if it wasn't for Charlie. Um, if you don't know, Charlie Murphy was a writer and a comic for The Chappelle Show. Um, wrote a lot of some, like a lot, a lot of the content that was um, really popular on that show was written or directed, or he had some influence in that he's done a lot of behind the scenes things as far as like live comedy shows getting some of the comics we know shows um directing some of their specials um so the entertainment industry is just is, is severely mourning the loss of uh charlie murphy and whatever little condolences we can offer to the murphy family we send the best wishes to all of them but um we'll take a moment of silence and get back to our regularly scheduled program All right, back at it again. All right, yeah. So, like I said, it's been a crazy week. There's so much happened in like seven days. Yeah. How can so much happen in so little time? I don't know. Do you, so, do you want to know the crazy thing? So, first of all, just kind of like looking back at the week, it was not even just like announcements and stuff. Personally, it was a crazy week. Yes, 100%. And so, I don't know. But between that... I just remember at one point, I think it was either Tuesday or Thursday, I stopped at the gas station because I was heading up to school, and the man in front of me wants $70,000 off of Scratchers. Why? Because, listen. I don't know. We were the only two customers in the store. (laughs) And, like, I'm in the back. I'm grabbing, like, a soda or something. And so then I saw him in the car when I was walking in, like, in the parking lot. And, like, he was scratching away. And so then he comes in, and I just hear uh, the guy behind the counter. He's like, dude, you just want, like, $70,000. <laughs> and and he, I just looked up to see if there's anyone else in the store, and I was like. Wait, what? You talking to me? <laughs> Listen, I haven't been supporting Habibi's gas station since day one. 
Granted, I don't play the lotto, so I can't win nothing. But I am upset and happy. No, shout out to the guy who wastes a bunch of money. I mean, I don't say waste a bunch of money because he just. What was his first try? If that was his first try and it came up like on seventy G's, don't ever play the lotto again because your whole life is out of luck. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying, dog. I feel like you've used your allotment of luck just winning. Is that kind of luck contagious? Let me let me tell you, because he was kind of old, so I was like, what are you using that for other than medication? Oh, oh shit! Like, I'm be honest. Oh help. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Your, probably, your name's probably Jeff. I'm sorry for what my brother just said. Um, please we, we're not going to talk about what his name is. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was my week. My week was uh, pretty similar. I had a bunch of academic stuff to do, which I did not do. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I would leave school and immediately just go lay in my bed and just go straight to sleep. Hey, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Now I've got a... Uh, I'm going to pay for it this week because I've got like one week of classes. And because I go to a private institution, I actually have a four-day weekend. Uh, the problem with that is, is I've got all my papers due in the next two weeks because finals are next, are uh, first week of May, and all my papers are coming due, and I have not started any of them. But you know, we we we, we roll out here. Well, uh, my week, I watched, I finished thirteen movies in one in two days. Which, I keep hearing about that. I don't it, think okay, I'm going to watch that. It was that. a good show. I don't think I'm going to watch that. But overdramatic. If it was overdramatic, it'd be the show that people are hyping up to. But I feel like it's Degrassi for another generation. And I'm like, nah, I'm not nah, into that. Nah, it's not like that. It, it's a good plot, but just overdramatic. I, I might give it a shot. Yeah, and then, you know, watch Boretone. Haven't done anything else since then. Uh, something interesting. Uh, when you're... Um, I saw, like, an article about it. I haven't watched 13 Reasons Why, but um, towards the end, I think you're looking at, they were, like, in the principal's office or something like that, mm-hmm. and they're, like, interviewing the students or something like that. The timestamp is actually, like, for November of 2017, which hasn't happened yet. Uh, yeah. And so then this article was saying it's pretty interesting how they're doing it because for those of you that haven't watched 13 Reasons Why or know what it's about... It's about, like, bullying, suicide, stuff like that, and deal with the repercussions of that. Um, I guess I should have said spoiler alert if you haven't listened to it, but I haven't watched it, so I don't know. I can't spoil anything. But I'm not confirming or denying Yeah, but the whole point behind it was, even though, like, towards the end of the season, whenever or whenever they're, like, interviewing these students, and it has November 2017, um, it's supposed to kind of, like, put you in the position that, like, Someone right now in your school is going through this, and you still have a chance to help them, kind of thing. And so I was like, "That's kind of interesting." So I was like, oh, "Okay, I can get behind that." Not gonna watch it, but I can get behind that. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, "I can support your message." I'm not gonna watch it, but I can support your message. <laughs> I was like, "I'll retweet that." I might not read the tweet, yeah. but I retweet. <laughs> no, that's dangerous. <laughs> that is dangerous. Listen, I liked a couple tweets and like immediately regretted. Like, oh, unlike, unlike, please. <laughs> Nope, can't have that on my list. Anyways, right? Uh, yeah, aside from personal stuff, let's get down to business. So, as we said, it's been an active week. Um, if you followed us on Facebook, you'll notice that we uh, had a couple... We didn't have live streams, but we were streaming Star Wars Celebration, which we'll get into later. But um, if you caught our dual stream Sunday last week, it was kind of short, so we're going to make it up for this week. Um one of the things we're going to be doing this week is talking about Overwatch. Overwatch. Okay. Overwatch is really dope because not only is it structurally a sound game, it just works. 
they balance it, they rebalance it, they're constantly adding new content over and over and over again, always updating and keeping it super fresh, and I just really want to say, um, I appreciate Blizzard, because they're doing dope stuff, like, constantly, and I'm now, more than ever, I want an Overwatch single-player story mode, because of their newest update, Uprising, which is basically Tracer's first mission as being part of Overwatch team. Um, they have some of the best skins they've ever released out right Ooh, I now. Love this. I love the Reinhardt skin. The Reinhardt skin is crazy. I got the Genji skin. I've got the... the I want the Blackwatch McCree skin. I got the Blackwatch McCree skin. And Overwatch, you need to fix your boxes because I bought 50 boxes and got juiced on them. <laughs> I got three skins out of 50, juice, after 50 loot boxes. You need to redo that algorithm because that's a bunch of hot sauce. Your first problem with buying 50 loot boxes. Yeah, you know, I got paid. I got a little bit of extra money in the, in the Ooh, account. A little bit. A little bit of extra money. It was a terrible life decision because all that money's going out. Anyway, getting back getting back to the situation. A lot of stuff happened with video games, but um, just wanted to... We're going to talk a little bit about some of our favorite um, developers here in a little bit, but let's go ahead and start off the show with Shadow of War. Shadow of War... The sequel to Shadow of Mordor. Really looking good. IGN's got them for their IGN first, which if you don't know, is like it's a month-long coverage. They go into dev diaries, really talk in depth about the games, the system, the characters. And they focus this week on the city, which is like broken down into three giant sectors. There's the poor parts of the city, there's the middle class, and then there's the spire, um, which is basically the Tower of Moon. I can't remember... Again, I want to apologize to all you Lord of the Rings lore fans because I'm going to butcher 97% of this. So, you know what? Actually, I'm not going to apologize because I'm not even going to try. So, we're just going to say it's a big city with three layers and one of them is a tower. And it eventually becomes a bad place in one of the movies, I think. I'm not exactly (laughs) sure. But what they did show was how because they're focusing strictly on the newer generation consoles. And they said that word very specifically. They said new generation consoles. Does this mean the game's coming out on PC? Probably coming on PC, and they're probably developing... Uh, obviously, they're developing on PCs, but like they said they're focusing highly on these next generation consoles, which means they're taking full advantage of the PlayStation and Xbox One hardware, which also means... PlayStation 1, I mean the Xbox One Scorpio, whatever it is, and the PlayStation 4 Pro, it's going to make, it's going to run even better on those systems because they're not being held back by the previous generation. They talked about a new terrain system that can basically evolve as the game plays. They talked about having the, the, the power of the new systems with the more, it just allows the Nemesis system, which was the best part of the last game, to truly flourish and how... Now you have more variety in enemies, and the the game can basically build on itself. Um, so really excited for that. Um, Monolith Studios is obviously directing the game as well. Just really excited for what that can do. Um, another game that's been getting a lot of some more, some more, some more buzz lately is a uh, Grand Theft Auto. And that game they're still updating. It came out September eighth, two thousand thirteen. And it's it's still getting free updates today, till this day. Till this day. Um, so they got basically this like Tron like update, which was free, and you could just go in and just start playing the game. The reason I'm bringing this up is not just because I care about GTA Online that much, because like you can literally one of those, one of those games you just hop on and play for seven minutes or ninety seven thousand hours. It's just kind of up to you if that's what you're into. But the reason I want to bring that up is because of we already talked a little bit about Overwatch and Rockstar. 
Uh, Blizzard and Rockstar are really kind of in the upper echelon of game development. We just, I really just appreciate companies that take their time, develop the game that they want, and just really put and everything they have into it. it yeah, and unfortunately, like, uh, that's unusual in game development. Like, Blizzard, they are owned by Activision, but... And I don't think Activision can really tell them to do anything. Matter of fact, I think Blizzard might be the parent company to Activision. I might it might be backwards. Anyway, I just know they're under the Activision banner. But like the way they do things, they, no one runs their schedule. They release their games when they want to, at least to the best of our knowledge. They put out awesome content, amazing games, and they keep keep updating them in ways that keep the game alive. I don't know how long World of Warcraft has been along, but like Over 10 years. the game isn't going anywhere. Like it just doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. And the rumors that are leaking out about Diablo 4, I guess. I don't know. God, looking like it could be a 7. Right? They're doing the Necromancer update and then they're talking about the the little snippets which I don't want to I don't want to start getting in rumors, but like the little things I've heard about the next Diablo game have already got me excited. Obviously Overwatch continues to dominate as being yeah. um uh, literally go for a long time, probably like a couple like 5 years. And a lot of people said there wasn't going to be another MOBA that would come out and do well on consoles. They, they people said there would never be a, a MOBA that did well on consoles, but then it was like, "Oh well, another one's not going to come out. It's pretty much just going to be League of Legends and Dota, and like honestly, Overwatch has kind of come in and disrupted that whole conversation. And I know it's not the traditional MOBA and top down, yeah. but it's like extremely popular. A because it's on consoles and it works on consoles phenomenally. B because the competition basis is there on PC, and C it's a structurally sound game that doesn't put you out of competition if you're not paying for packs to get weapons. There's no, yeah. it's just straight skins. Um, so. Real quick, I'm going to give my top five as far as game development goes, and you guys could talk about your top five in game development. Obviously, for me, I want to put Bioware up there. Yes, they're going to catch a little slack because Mass Effect is not being greatest, but they are giving us a whole bunch of content for free, and they are continuing updating the game. So as, as I've said before, I really appreciate companies who stick to their guns, admit when they're wrong, and fix the game to the best of their ability, and they've been doing great things with Mass Effect multiplayer. They've updated some of the faces. I'm still just taking my time with Mass Effect, kind of playing it I through. I didn't play that game in a week and a half. No, it's cool. Um, second on my list goes to CD Projekt Red, the guys that did The Witcher 3. Listen, they gave away full games for free, basically. They gave 16 pieces of DLC away for free, um, and then their DLCs are better than some people's actual full game. Yeah. Like, listen, Blood and Wine and... Oh, can't remember the other one. The, the night one. I, I, I know you're about yeah, they've released two pieces of DLC after their hundred-hour RPG, to, like, and those DLCs are better than some full-fledged games that came out in the following years. There were actually conversations that some game websites are like, "Can we classify this game as its own RPG?" Yes, we understand it's an add-on, but it is its own game. Like, it can exist in its own world without the main game. So. Really just want a huge shout-out to CG Project Red for doing amazing things. I've already said Blizzard. Um, did I grow up the biggest Blizzard fan? No. I kind of dabbled because I played a lot of Diablo 2. Um, I tried to play Warcraft, but I, I wasn't about that life back then. I was still playing um, Oblivion. I wasn't that heavy into online heavy RPGs. I was a console kid, so sue me. Um, which leads me right into my next one, which is Bethesda. Shout out to Bethesda for always doing dope things. 
Obviously, you guys know the innumerous amount of hours I've put into Skyrim. And lastly, Rockstar, because they always make dope games. Me and the homie Alex played a whole bunch of Max Payne 3. Um, they licensed that game. They did a great thing with it after taking it from a studio that had a great legacy. And they built on it, made it their own game, did amazing things. Obviously, GTA 5 is great. All the all classic GTA games. Not to mention this year, fingers crossed, we're getting Red Dead 2. So, top five game developer studios for me. That would be it. What um, you guys got? I'm going to run top three because um, I play very few games. That's fine. The games I do play, I play for a long time. Number one, of course, Bungo. Bungo. Bungie <laughs> Bundle. Bundle? <laughs> they made the arguably the best FPS known to mankind, which is Halo 1, 2, and Trace. And then they're making Destiny. Shoot me if you want. Best shooter on the face of the earth right now. Um, second for me has to be, um, of course, Rockstar. Because I play GTA. It's pretty fun. Red Dead Redemption 1 and Undead Nightmare, which where you can get all the mythical horse. Those, and then Fire. trying to catch a unicorn in that game. Fire. Almost impossible. Almost It's doable. It's doable. Almost impossible. And then Blizzard because of OW. I didn't play any of the Blizzard games, but OW, I've really fallen in love with it. Do you know the name of any game studios, Mateo? I know one. <laughs> I know one. <laughs> and we all know who it is. Yeah. If you've been listening, <laughs> you know make, two. That, make that two. <laughs> <laughs> you know two. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you know the one game outside of FIFA that I play. Halo. <laughs> <laughs> Halo. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's three then. Because Square Enix is a developer, right? Yeah. yeah. Final Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Square Enix. Well, not in any particular order. Square Enix, Bungie, and EA. Because FIFA. Not just all of EA. EA Sports. EA Sports. EA Sports FIFA EA Division. Because <laughs> EA did make some questionable games. Listen, they they have a whole catalog. All I'm going to say is Madden. They got a whole catalog of question marks. All, all I'm going to say is Man 2-4 is the best Madden game they've ever come out with. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. Cool. That soundtrack was on point. Man, no and Mac, Michael Vick was on the cover. My boy Michael Vick, I swear that he was like cheating. I swear, he got the ball. Oh, he thought I was about to pass. Psych! Psych is Michael Vick, baby. <laughs> oh, man. And another one who, if uh, Rafiki was here, we don't know where he is. He might have got kidnapped. Uh, but if he was here, um, he would probably mention Naughty Dog, which... Yeah. I left out of my conversation because I appreciate Naughty Dog, but I'm not the biggest Uncharted fan on the planet. I appreciate them for the amazing games they made. I acknowledge their contribution to, like, Last of Us. We'll make my list. Uncharted? Eh, not so much. But um, speaking of, Uncharted Lost Legacy, which is technically DLC, non-DLC, story expansion. Uncharted is the last one. It is. That's the funny part. Uh, Lost Legacy... It's untold stories in between the games? I don't know. I don't... Again, I'm not that big into the Uncharted, like, lore. But it is interesting that it is the first full-fledged game that they... They said full-fledged game that does not feature Nathan Drake as the main character. So, um, it's a female... It's a female character for the first time in the Uncharted series. Uh... Someone's going to crucify me in the comment section. Greg, I apologize. I don't know who this lady is. She, <laughs> she's in the she's in the story. Somebody knows her. She's kind of yeah, important. She, I, I don't play the games enough to know who she is. <laughs> but uh, good on them because it's releasing 8.22. Yep. Yeah, so not 8.22 p.m., no, like the date 8.22. Like 17. August 22nd. Yeah, we could say it that way, but you know, we like to use numbers around here. Uh, 
I think. They're not always accurate. But we use them. (laughs) We use dates around here, but they might not also be accurate. Um, So take that with a grain of salt and uh, check (laughs) IGN.com. Make sure we're not goofing up any. Um, But yeah, let's get into these trailers because we got 97,000 trailers in a week. Yeah, it's been been a little hectic, yo. Like, literally, it's it's been an A1 week. Yeah. The real question is, what's the first one to start with? Uh... I mean, it's only logical because it's the butt of everyone's joke, at least on the podcast for the past <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Transformers. Uh, oh, you mean Michael Blay blows up stuff? Yeah. Hey, people hit on the Transformers, what, three? The uh, the one Mike uh, Mark Wahlberg? I no, that was the fourth one. That was the fourth one. I don't know why people hit on that. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, it's a garbage truck on fire. Uh, I didn't watch it. I stopped after three. I saw, I saw opening weekend. I'm like, hmm, this is a good movie. And then. I go to Twitter and like, man, this movie was garbage. I was like, it wasn't great by any means, but it wasn't like that bad. And and we're not gonna get too much into it because obviously, as you can tell, none of us are just like, let's go see it. I mean, we'll watch it. We, we're going to watch it, and we will watch it probably very early, like first week, second week. Like we, that's just what we do. Third week, third week, <laughs> probably third week. Uh, depends on, yeah, but uh. We are Transformers fans, but we're more of, like, the animated Transformers fans. Our motto was lit. Facts. Facts. Um, so, yeah, even G.I. Joe Renegade was super lit. Um, but we saw what happened with the live movies that they attempted to do. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about those. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of watch it with, like, tongue-in-cheek humor. Like, we don't go in expecting amazing acting. Even when I saw Mark Wahlberg, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So this is going to put Mark Wahlberg on the screen to give it a little bit of credibility. But Michael Bay is still going to blow up half the city, <laughs> and everyone is going to survive. I've never seen so many explosions where everyone survives. Like, what f- <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> right. let, let, let's talk about the first Transformers movie, though. I, like, I Shiloh. get, like, where, where's that even supposed to be? Like, the city they're in. Is That's it supposed to be, like, question. San Francisco? I have no clue. Well, whatever it is, I can guarantee you. San Francisco is, like, a heavily populated city. I and, like, I not. and I get all these people running around. Ain't no, what, ain't no casualties. <laughs> you see Listen, more people died stuff. in the first three minutes of Batman than died in the entire Transformers You're series. not wrong. <laughs> more people died in Stop the Yard than Transformers. Oh, help! I know there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Chris Brown. <laughs> Listen, I just realized something. Every movie Chris Brown is in, he dies. Stomp the yard, got shot. <laughs> Taken, got shot. Chris Brown just needs to stop appearing in movies. Because every movie he's appearing in, get shot. <laughs> it, yeah, it's... We're not talking about him. But then again, they can't pay him a whole lot because he has celebrity status, like, appearing in these movies. So he's like, hey, we'll, ca- he's like, hey, we'll cast you, but we're going to get you out real quick because you're probably going to get shot. <laughs> it's like, the that's the, like, kind of like the ending of The Force Awakens. Here's my thing. Like, is it one of those things like, oh, man, we need this, like, ancillary character. Who are we going to get? Oh, uh, we couldn't really get anybody. Oh, we got Chris Brown. Oh, <laughs> now we got rid of him. It's like, oh, man, he needs to die. Who can get? Chris Brown. And that's all. Oh, Chris Brown gets shot. Or is it like we write the role? Man, this kid gets shot. Who can draft? Oh, somebody call Chris Brown. He needs to get shot. <laughs> that point, you might as well call Soldier Boy. Oh, listen, no. If you want someone not to die, then you cast Soldier Boy because I've never seen someone shoot so many bullets and only hit somebody. Well, no, are you talking? Are you talking about like he died, or are you talking about like him trying to shoot someone to kill someone? Yes, yeah, so I'm saying if you want someone to survive and you want the villain to be somebody. Call Soldier Boy because I, I ran outside. I shot him. Bow. I took his mask off. I shot him again. Bow. Did he die? I don't want to talk about it. 
Oh, man. Listen, oh. I can't stress you how much. If you want a good laugh, type in YouTube Soldier Boy House Robbery. Um, but before we get off yeah, track yeah. again, let's anyway. get back to Transformers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the trailer, it was good. We got a little bit more uh, as to what's happening and what's interesting. Literally, one of the opening um, scenes for the trailer is you see Optimus Prime captured. Optimus Prime? Optimus, <laughs> Optimus Prime. I don't know. I, I can't speak well. It's, it's just a bad dream. Prime does never, never gets captured. That's a fall. That's a, he gets captured every 16 episodes. <laughs> right. Anyways, but he's there, and you see him, like, he's still in his right state of mind talking with someone or something, and then all of a sudden, it's just like you see his eyes turn to purple. I don't know if it's still the influence of, like, Dark Energon or if it's just, like, some sort of mechanic mind control. Yeah, there's some, like, transformer angel goddess lady who's speaking to Prime at that time, and she basically tells him that he has to make a choice between Earth and saving his planet, which he literally reiterates while beating the brakes off of Bumblebee. Literally beating the brakes off of Bumblebee. Um, and he says, I think to, it's not Sam Wickwick, he says to one of the kids who's basically, they've casted these... Kids, they're not quite teenagers, they're still kids, which is supposedly sub- like from like the second generation of Transformers. I can't remember their names because it's not Sam. Um, I don't know who this kid is supposed to be, but it says to the kid, in order for my world to survive, yours has to die. Um, I don't think this is the end of Optimus Prime. I don't think he's going to die. I think it's another like... He's already died once in the series. Exactly, he's, yeah, twice. Not true. Yeah, so I think it's one of those things where it's like the trailer is leading us in one direction, and the movie is gonna go that way for two thirds of the movie, and then then things happen in the last third where we get a different reverse, 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 reverse. Yeah, but yeah, so we're super excited for that. Um, We're super excited to go watch it and make fun of it. That's rude. Yeah, that's more accurate. (laughs) There you go. There you go. And because it's Michael Bay's last movie. As for Transformers. Finally. <laughs> this man has blown up Earth 97 times. Yeah. And still has no one's eyes. It's like, we don't, need, we don't need explosions when it's just the Titanic sinking Michael Bay. I'm Anyways. <laughs> um, another movie that got uh, a trailer, Thor Ragnarok. And let me tell you, in terms of this week, Best if, one yet. If, if it was any other week, this would hands down be the best trailer to come out any other week of the year any other week of the year any other week of the year what is it tied with you'll find out in a little bit anyways but this was a really great trailer music on point and you had to get that little bit of humor there at the end um where he you see him run into uh hulk Hulk, which is hilarious if you haven't watched it we shared it on our facebook page uh, Facebook.com backslash even more about nothing. Um, Give us a like. Sometimes we share dope stuff on there. Sometimes it's just things we think about or things that we find funny. Is it always funny? Maybe not to you. But to us, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. But anyways, um, so there's lots of stuff going on in the trailer. And uh, it's kind of hard to keep track of it. Like me not being very... Uh, into comic books, yeah, we got you. Comic books or the Marvel side of it necessarily, um, it's kind of hard for me to pick up on those things. So I shared another article, or we shared another article for IGN talking about like not IGN Screen Rant talking about like all the stuff that was in there that you may have missed, like uh, 
first of all, probably not the most iconic thing that happened in there was his helmet. Yeah. Like, at the end there, like, first of all, he cut his hair. And I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. I don't know this was happening. But he cut his hair, like, when he's entering the arena, and we got his helmet. I don't know if we had his helmet up until this point. We may have, like, the first one in the first Thor movie. <sighs> yeah. I can't remember. Honestly, of the Marvel, like, things that have been out, Thor is the weakest. Kind of like Jessica Jones is the weakest with their Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Thor has been the weakest in, the, like, the cinematic universe. Um, especially that last one. It's not great. How is he going to be the weakest when he's a god? No, I was like, as far as like story and I mean, everything, I know, like, and like it seems like I, I said, the humor was great. It seems like they're they've because apparently Chris Hemsworth is that's his name. Hems- yeah. Hems- yeah, Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Apparently he's like naturally just a funny dude. People are always laughing on on scene and like when they're recording. Mm-hmm. So the director's like, let's let him be funny, and like they've written a more calm down Thor who's not necessarily weighed down by the baggage of being like. His father's son. I think this has something to do. It's in a in a roundabout way. It has something with him being dishonored. And in the comic books, he basically loses. Um, you have to be honorable and all a great warrior to be able to pick up the hammer. He basically loses his honor. Is no longer able to wield the hammer. Um, and they do it in a different way. Mm-hmm. The hammer gets destroyed, which it doesn't really get destroyed. It's energy just basically gets displaced, and I guarantee you it's going to reappear either at the end of the movie or in a different movie somewhere because it's a myth, it's a god item, and it can't be destroyed. It can only just, its energy is displaced, and it reforms somewhere else, and he's not necessarily honorable. So I feel like this journey is him trying to relearn who he is as not only the son of Odin, but like being a god, a protector of the universes and everything. And this is not this is not involving Earth at all. This is an interplanetary, at least so far from the trailer, this is more of an interplanetary journey where he goes to the Colosseum, he's fighting um, different enemies on different planets. We see a, a quick snippet of Loki in there real quick, who looks like he's about to run up in the trap house and cause some damage, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so there's a lots of stuff happening in there. Um... Probably one of the more interesting aspects of it is, like you said, whenever uh, Mjolnir, Mjolnir, yeah, Harvard Norse. I, I listen. Say I just it. call it the hammer. Uh, when the hammer gets everybody destroyed. knows what we're talking about. Thor's hammer. And so then Thor's thrust into this uh, arena after he's captured by the Valkyrie, uh, and he has these swords, and he's just like. All right, and at this point, it's kind of weird because you can probably see him. He's like, I'll literally just take on anyone you have. Like, I'm just like, just know I'm going to win. And then as soon as, like, Hulk steps out, he's just like, yeah, we get that funny part. But he's probably thinking, like, yeah, this is great. Like, he's probably thinking, yeah, we can bust out of here. But, like, if I once he realizes he has to fight him, he's like, oh, this is great. But there was another article, I think. I think it might have been uh, an IGN article. Uh, that point out something interesting. So up until this point, at least in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we had no idea where Bruce Banner or the Hulk were. Mm-hmm. And then seeing that they're there, when we see the Hulk, it's not just kind of like this rage, like that quick shot that you see of him. It's almost like you see the gears turning, realizing what this means. Like up until this point, Bruce Banner's probably like sitting in the backseat letting the Hulk take control, because, like, this is his element. Yeah. And, like, just going at it, just all bronze. Uh, 
And then he sees Thor. And he realizes, like, ah, now the game has changed yep. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, and one thing that I feel people need to um, realize is that, um, yes, it is a Jack and Hyde situation for a long, long time, but there comes a point where um, there's this kind of classic scene where Bruce Banner and the Hulk have this conversation within the Hulk's head, and they basically come to this agreement that says, hey, look, I live inside of you too, and I don't want to die. So when it comes to, like, fighting, you have to let me do what I got to do so we can both survive. And Bruce Banner and the Hulk basically become partners. They're two people, like, Bruce Banner is very, like, he doesn't want to hurt people. He wants to keep the Hulk, like, caged. And honestly, when they have that conversation, the Hulk is kind of allowed to rampage. But he also has this awareness of Bruce and his willingness to protect Earth that it's a controlled rage. He never attacks people blindly, um, at least not when he's like in his mind. There are situations where like other elements are introduced, magic, uh, Red Hulk and all these other things. But like Bruce Banner and Hulk basically have a partnership. It's 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 basically an evolving relationship to where honestly sometimes as you said Bruce Banner will sit back and let the Hulk do what he does and for the Hulk being in the Coliseum fighting all day that's his element so I again really great pickup on that yeah um and one of the other things that's interesting in this aspect is like how uh, then again yeah we see Thor and uh, Hulk duking out but like how does this tie back to like the Avengers how does it tie back to Thanos um I believe it was the second Avengers movie whenever Thor went off on his quest and mm-hmm. then he talked to that guy that's also from Asgard, the uh, professor at that institution in London, I believe. Uh, and I think it was then that they mentioned that there are secrets to like the Infinity Stones or like how to use them. That only Thor can access, yep. and as and like you said, as of right now, Thor is probably one of the weaker members of the Avengers. Not uh, weaker. Well, not he's weaker. Just, he's just, not, just, he's like, just not fully realized. Yeah, not fully realized. So I think this is like the not necessarily the final step, but this is like the next branch of the path for him to like realize his potential to unlock those uh, just like little caveats or crevices of his mind where he might be able to then either decipher like how to use them or what i don't know it's yeah it's basically all leading up to the big battle with thanos um which super excited for and speaking of thanos um who's the actor that plays thanos again it is josh Goblin? Josh Brolin, sorry. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yeah, he, we got some interesting news about him. He's playing Cable in mm-hmm. Deadpool 2. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> uh, good pick, but, uh, what? Well, I mean, nah. Actually, we're not that surprised by this pick. I think it's a great pick. I think other people, I, I think they kind of did a great fake out there. It was like, oh, man, we're going this direction, and they're like, oh, psych, over here. Um, I think it's a great pick, as uh, you already know, if you don't know. Um, Deadpool stands aside. He's not considered part of the big Marvel Cinematic Universe because he is R-rated and they kind of want to keep that in its own box. And obviously Logan got thrown into that box. 
Um, so it's great that he's going to be um, portraying another Marvel villain. Um, I think he's going to do a great job. So far, he's been an amazing Thanos. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do on screen. When, Because honestly, we haven't seen much of Thanos. We've seen him floating. There's a whole lot of floating Thanos. And the glove. <laughs> and the glove. We've seen a lot of floating <laughs> and a glove. That That's about it. So it's interesting to see how he portrays um, Cable in a fighting role. In a very, very action-oriented fighting role. Yeah. So we're excited for that. Um, another trailer that came out this week was for the 20th anniversary Pokemon movie, I Choose You. Mm-hmm. And interesting development on that. So as you know, we've talked about it. Um, it's supposed to be taking Ash to the very beginning. We expound upon more details of what's happening. We see a more comprehensive look at Ho-Oh. Uh, because in the very beginning, you just see like this bird Pokemon that's flying off. And it's just like... Who was that? Hey. <laughs> and you are? Flying Uber. But it's not just like you see it flying. Like, it actually interacts with Ash. I believe he's in a battle and it actually, like, comes down and protects him from the Pokemon who's fighting. But the thing that's, like, throwing me off, like, even though it's the beginning, it's now including Pokemon from From other regions. Yeah, that's the one thing, one of the first things we noticed. Because, like, oh, okay, cool, Pikachu. And then we saw Pokemon, like, we saw Piplup. Piplup. And then Lots we saw, yeah, and then we also saw, I don't know, the final evolved form of Litten. Yeah, and then we saw, I mean, and like, baby Charizard's in there, too. Um, like, baby Charizard. Mm. You mean a Charmander? Yeah, I call him baby Charizard, because it's just cooler. I was like, what are you talking about? Baby anyway. Charizard. I mean, tell me, listen, Charmander's cool, but it's baby Charizard. Yeah. Well, anyways, you guys know what we're talking about. <laughs> it's literally... A matter of opinion, even though Mookie is wrong, mm-hmm. but but the like that's not it. So yeah, I get you want to now encompass all these Pokemon because I'm sure growing up as you add on, you can't go back and re-add Pokemon. Pokemon, yeah. But now's their chance to not necessarily reboot the franchise, but kind of like take people back to the roots because there might be some stuff that's referenced and. Uh, younger kids now are just like, what are they talking about? That's never happened. And then they go ask their parents, and it's like, <laughs> here's three years worth of my life. <laughs> but uh, they also chose to add new characters as well. Pretty interesting, uh, considering they're going back to the very beginning. Um, I don't know at what point, like, how long they would be with Ash, or if they're meant to be placeholders until he meets the likes of like Misty and Brock but who knows because you do see Team Rocket in the movie and I know by the time Ash first encounters Team Rocket he's already met Misty yeah um but the two particular trainers that he is with are Soji and Makoto and so Soji is wanting to become a professor and then just Makoto is another energetic trader like Ash. And so I think it's pretty interesting they chose to go this route with two new trainers. Like I said, I don't know if they're going to be around for like, if they're choosing to portray them as like the new Brock and Misty or if it's just. And I think, it's, they I think it's a good, I think it's a good direction. It's the 20th anniversary. Um, Obviously, you're throwing classic Pokemon, you're throwing the new Pokemon. I think it's kind of supposed to be a bridge between generations, but then also give them the opportunity to go in a whole new direction with the series, Um, especially with the Nintendo Switch. Listen, 
I just want them to do a great Pokemon game on the Nintendo Switch. And it's, listen, that's Nintendo. Take advantage of this with the Pokemon company. Come together and make a great Pokemon game for Nintendo Switch. And I feel like that'll put them back on the map. But um, getting back to the Pokemon series, I think it's a good direction. I think um, for them to be exploring some of these mysteries we've had for forever, while at the same time introducing new characters, new elements, we saw, I don't know if it was exactly a mega evolution, but it looked like an evolution was about to happen um, within the movie, so who knows what region this is? I don't know if this is a new region they're introducing, or well, if it's just kind of like they're bringing everything to the forefront and saying, okay, this is how this region is in this particular... I think... We we'll, we'll, we'll use a DC word. In this timeline. Buried and messed up the timeline once again, and Pokemon from all these different generations are popping up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I think, because in the earlier statements and articles, they were saying that this is Ash in the beginning. Yeah. So, so I, think, I think it is Kanto, and they are presenting it as this is how Pokemon is but, no, right, right now, right now. and more, going forward. No more justice. I think they should have just kept it the way the original way it was, honestly, without adding... All, like, yeah, it's good that they're adding bring some new Pokemon in, but if they kept it the same way it was, so that give it the actual proper, oh, this is the beginning, but an update version. Well, then again, we don't know what direction they want to take it. Exactly. Because yeah. it could be some things where it's... Um, of course, even though it was the very first season, they had episodes as opposed to just a movie. It could be one of those things where, oh, these are some of the uh, escapades that Ash went on but before he met Misty yeah. kind of thing. And I don't know about you, but did it seem like there was a defined bad guy? Because I didn't get that feeling at all. It was more about the sense of adventure and going on this journey with Pikachu and exploring the Pokemon world. I think there's two, well, two antagonists. Air quotes. Okay. So there's Team Rocket, obviously. Obviously, they popped up in there, but like, yeah. is are they the main bad guy? Because like, we literally see them running away. No, that brings to the uh, one of the four new characters they introduced. So there was another trainer there who had the last evolution of Litten, mm-hmm. uh, who was Ash was battling. He had his Pikachu, and was gonna lose. As he was tagging him, that's when Ho-Oh came down. Okay, cool. So I don't know necessarily that he is antagonistic in like nature or anything like that, but he is the antagonist actual face when Ho-Oh comes down, which will probably be towards the end of the movie. For sure. Um, so yeah, we're excited about it. Um, and that is set to come out on July 15th in Japan. And so, <clears throat> we don't know, we'll probably, when we get closer to it, or a little bit after, we'll see when they're releasing it in North America. But, like I said, gotta catch them all, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, even better news, reports this week that Young Justice Season 3 is underway. Which is just music to our ears. If you don't know, we are huge. We are huge DC fans, and one of our favorite series in all of DC is Young Justice, just because it was so good, so 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 very well played. It wasn't it wasn't a whelming show at all. It was just it was a really really good show that never got um, for some reason never got the appreciation from the execs because as soon as they canceled it, everybody was confused. Like you did what? Why? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, well, it wasn't reaching out to, 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 to shut up. Wasn't Bring it, it back. Like this whole situation with Cartoon Network or something like that? Um, Cartoon Network has done a lot of questionable things. Well, but we're it, not exactly sure what happened with that one. At least I, I think don't it remember. Was, it, I think it was just because of 
a lot of their revenue and decisions are based off of toy sales. And whenever toy sales weren't what they expected, they're just like, all right, let's reevaluate this thing. That's the speculation um, behind why they closed the first time. But yeah, Young's Justice, arguably the best show they've done about sidekicks. I mean, the original Teen Titans was really good, but if that this is a really, really close second. I actually would put this above the original Teen Titans. That's fair enough. Because Teen Titans didn't get there, what, season four? It would have been season five. Yeah. Five. And, like, five, that story still left with a lot of question marks, um, especially with Raven and her dad. That was one of the, that one really just hurt me that they never really, like, they went there. But they never, like, kind of gave that closure. They never gave full closure. Um, we have... Well, they kind of did. Well, a little bit. But I feel like but they, they could have explored that, it more. full closure. What do you? Trigon literally took over the city. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. And then she had to <laughs> well, go just, full. Well, White Rob, Raven. Robin had to go save her. <laughs> no, I know. Again, I, again, again. Like I said, personally, I feel like I wanted more out of that. And then we could have got more with Starfire. Well, the the next season was supposed to be about Starfire. Yeah, and then it was like, ah, sorry, not coming, not going to happen. Bye. Wait a minute. So y'all just gonna show Terra and end it like that, right? Um, but yeah, Starfire looks good in the new Teen Titans movie that's coming out. I heard it's been it was mediocre. Really? Based off of the reviews that I've read, I mean, it's like. But here's the thing: reviews say a lot of things, and you know, some of these critics watch movies like it's supposed to be the laugh of pie. And big every movie like no shut up this is this is leave I don't on. know well before we get too sidetracked yeah anyways uh, uh, yeah but for Young Justice season three voice casting is already underway um, is it the same is it yeah I believe pretty much everyone is the same um, at least from the reports that I've read so I don't know that there are any huge changes um, in terms of like casting or like voice acting but it is underway we still don't have a release date yet i believe um so we're just kind of like patiently waiting and twiddling our thumbs for young justice season three which will be on netflix it will be on netflix fire fire because i'm gonna binge watch all of it in one day yeah the day it drops go away literally yeah as soon as it drops expect on the very next episode we will be talking about it yeah I'll probably yeah we're gonna watch all of it. There's no problem. We're gonna watch all of it. Um, but yeah, moving on. Um, another DC show, Arrow, the live action show. The live action. So the the DCCW. Mm-hmm. But there were reports uh, earlier this week. We shared an article. Yep. About Manu Bennett returning for Arrow Death or the season finale. Death uh, Deathstroke and well, here's Manu like, Bennett. Deathstroke returning for the season finale, and it was well. Allegedly. Will you explain? So okay. So when we had shared the article, it was there was a tweet that was quoted or from uh, Twitter as a screenshot saying that Manu like Deathstroke was not or he was not coming back uh, for Arrow. This was after uh, reports from like screen playwriters or show writers saying that. Oliver is going to have a team up that we aren't thinking about or something that's kind of kind of come out of left field okay. to help take down Prometheus. So that happened. And then there start rumors of Deathstroke. Manu Bennett says, I'm not coming back for Arrow. 
And then it's just like, oh, so maybe he is teaming up. That's out of context because Manu Bennett the next day followed up saying, just for clarity, Deathstroke will be on there, but I'm not in the suit because he's in Auckland shooting for Shannara Chronicles. Whether that's a fake out or he's just saying that, who knows? All we do know is that there are set photos of Deathstroke. In the mask. In the mask. And they... I don't it know, looks a little different. Yeah. It looks like it might be on, like, uh, Leanne Yu or something like that. Yeah. But... That's so are we thinking it's flashback or... I, I think in present day it will be Deathstroke. Manu Bennett probably won't be there. And it'll probably just be, like... I don't know. Someone found the o- suit. O- ultra, o- ultra silent. Like, they won't remove the mask. Ah. Hmm. Okay. Because, like, they did it for the 100th episode of Arrow. Okay. On the mid-season finale. I think they'll probably do it like that. Okay. Makes sense. Um, but, I don't know. It'd be kind of hard to navigate that. Because it's one thing to do it for, like, a portion of the episode where he just shows up in snippets. Versus a season finale where... He's as of right now, I believe he's supposed to be in prison on Lian Yu, where Oliver's supposed to go on there and go. Or did he already break out? I thought he broke out already. He might have already broken out. Sorry for being a heathen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, with Oliver trying to track him down and negotiate, maybe he's already done that at this point. They can kind of play that off. But at some point, there needs to be dialogue between Deathstroke and uh, Oliver. If it's not Manu Bennett, I don't know how they're going to navigate it. I'm sure it's going to be something like I killed the original Deathstroke and I'm the new Deathstroke type thing. Maybe. Like, yeah. It wouldn't be the first time they've done it. Well, but at the same time, Manu Bennett was like so beloved as Deathstroke. That would literally be the dumbest move they could do. I don't know about the dumbest. Uh, I don't know about the dumbest. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean... I, in terms I, of this situation... That's I feel like they... they yeah, it's a very tricky situation and they have to navigate it well, especially with the history. Um... Spoiler warning for like season three, which is I don't know how many years at this point. Uh, Deathstroke kills Oliver's mom, like right season in front two. of him. Season two, even worse. Uh, I have no apologies for spoilers warning for season two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, New Bennett, uh, Deathstroke literally kills Oliver right in front of him. I like, kill Oliver's mom right in front of him and his sister. So yeah, the history is like long, deep seated hatred. Um, so I don't. That is, you're right. It's a very tricky situation. Sometimes I DJs on the weekend, so it's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I feel like it's a very tricky situation, but they they could navigate it well. Like if there's any team I trust the most out of all the DC shows, um, say what you want. I really like what Gotham is doing. Sue me. Um, but Arrow, <laughs> Arrow is like the team. If any team's got a lot of questions well, now, to answer, listen. Season three and four, Supergirl got a lot of questions to answer. Mm. Too. They so suspect. But Arrow, they've hey. they've stumbled and they've made up for it. Especially, they've made up for all that Felicity crying, which I refuse <laughs> to let go. That woman cried way too much, way too much, and they finally made up for it. Mm-hmm. So I I trust them implicitly now. So yeah, um, what do you guys think? Do you think that Manu Bennett is giving us a fake out that he might actually be playing Destro, or do you believe that they're gonna do something completely different? Drop it in the comments and let us know. Thanks. We'd like to hear what you think. Um, Especially you, uh, Batman, a.k.a. John Sharpton, because I know he has a lot to say about this. But. For sure. Anyways, um, moving forward, probably the bulk of what we're going to talk about. Topic of the show. Mm. This last week was 
Star Wars Celebration Week. Which, if you don't know, is basically a whole weekend of Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Disney just just decided to snatch an entire weekend out of the calculator and say, all right, let's go do nothing for Star Wars. Um, ha- celebration happens uh, in, I can't remember, does it happen at Disney World or Disneyland? Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one is in Orlando. I think that's Disney World. That's where it happens. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a huge Star Wars convention. Um, I've seen some amazing um, cosplay come out of it. Um, but we're not worried about that. We, on our page, posted a Facebook Live video of the entire stream. Um, so if you caught it, cool. If not, we're going to give you some of our favorite highlights right now. Um, quick shout out to the homie, Manny Lou. He wanted to, he wanted to phone in and talk about Rebels because that's his jaunt. That's, 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 <laughs> that's, that's his thing. Um, rich homie Manny doing big things in Arizona. Um, yeah, let's get into some of the, our favorite parts of Star Wars Celebration. So yeah, of course, since it was Celebration Week, uh, it's only fitting that, they took this moment to also honor the memory of Carrie Fisher. And it was beautiful. Yeah. It's it a, was beautiful. They did a lot of stuff. Uh, there was a video uh, tribute that they played there as well. Um, and then lots of people like IGN and like other uh, gaming affiliates and nerdish affiliates went in there and interviewed people just asking like what Carrie Fisher meant to them or like what is uh, what she brought to the Star Wars franchise or like other acting roles she's taken and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, R.I.P. Carrie Fisher. Uh, always Princess Leia. Um, Facts. Never the damsel in distress. True that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, highlights. For me, um, being the certified gamer in the room, trust me, I put my 10,000 10, hours in a long time ago. <laughs> I've been having my, I got my Eagle Scout badge for gaming a long <laughs> time ago. <laughs> if there's something higher than the Eagle Scout, I don't know what it is, but I got that too. Um, yeah, for me, Battlefront 2 was the thing that really mm. just I was able to sink my teeth into, really uh, gung-ho, jumped into it. Battlefront released so much fan fervor. I don't know which word I'm supposed to be using, but fans loved it. Really good. If you ask me, that's still one of the best-sounding games ever. Um, I played it for uh, about three weeks, but because uh, it was just... It just came out at the wrong time for me. I was mid-Destiny Madness, so I wasn't leaving Destiny to go play Star Wars Battlefront. Um, but the homie Doug played it a lot, still plays it. There's still people who jump on to play. They update it with content. When Rogue One dropped, they added Rogue One characters. So it just really expanded the game. The gameplay, again, forget the graphics. Forget how good... Um, and the game looks amazing <laughs> on console. Let me get this. The game looks amazing. And then it also sounds great. But putting all of that aside, solid gameplay. Solid gameplay. The Jedi's and the Sith are overpowered, but they're still beatable. Yep. And that's the thing. That's that's what they should be. It's dropping a Moab um, <laughs> in lieu of what happened. Anyway, um, when a when a when a Jedi or a Sith lands on the battlefield, unless you're playing in a, a, a mode where there's a bunch of them on the field, usually it's like a power up. It's it's. Uh, for me, it was basically capture the flag mode. Whoever had the most points would become a Jedi or a Sith. And then if you killed the Jedi or the Sith, you became a Jedi or a Sith. And when they landed, like, the whole map would come after you. But it didn't matter sometimes. If you, if you were good enough, it was a problem. I, I remember this specific occasion. I got Leia, and I'm like, 
Man, the last dude was like freaking Vader. How am I supposed to survive with Leia? Bars. Bro, listen. I got in the room in the corner and I dropped her shield and I called health. Literally, she could charge up her gun. One shot. Literally took out 27 people. Won the game. It was like 27 to 10. <laughs> like, oh, it, man. They felt powerful and they were a force to be reckoned with on the battlefield. But everyone, you could, they were still beatable. It was just so much fun. They've it seems like they brought all of that back, and they've added a story on top of that. The best part about the story, it's being told from the Imperial standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. The trailer um, has this commander. Again, I apologize. I don't know who her name is. Uh, I don't think anybody does. The voice actor who was on Twitter says she's excited to be voicing Commander so-and-so. I didn't pay that much attention. I'm like, all right, cool, retweet. This is the dangers of retweeting things you don't read. Um, but... It stole from the Imperial standpoint, and she basically says, you can hear her say, I still remember that day, the day I re- received my final orders. And on the screen, you see the Death Star being blown up. So the fact that they're telling an, an intricate, engrossing story from the point of the Imperialist is amazing. Here's the best part. This story is considered canon, new canon. So it is, it is basically... Um, law. It is it is going to be considered in all of Star Wars history from now and forever, which brings hope because a lot of people feel like this is Disney's way of bringing back some of the Star Wars expanded universe stuff that they kind of threw out when they basically took over. Uh, I'm excited to see what it is. Not only is the story canon, they saying it. They're saying they saying they're saying it is going to have implications not only for the Last Jedi but also for the Rogue One sequel. So, I'm really excited for whatever that means. Um, again, dope stories. I'm excited just that there's going to be a story mode in this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and um, I'm f- I don't know if anyone saw anything about this, but um, there's a lady who left, and again, I apologize, I do not remember her name. I'm garbage and a half with names. She left um, Uncharted to go write for a Star Wars game that's been teased as an RPG. I don't know if they got a trailer for that or not. I didn't see anything about it, but that's one thing I'm hoping they release at E3. I figured they would say something at Celebration, but they didn't, so hopefully D23, and if not D23, hopefully E3. But um, we'll see what happens then. Yep. Another thing coming out of Star Wars Celebration is we finally got uh, a trailer for The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And fun. it looks really good. Really good. And I, I'm really sad because, like, Poe can't get a break. Yeah, my boy always running. But man's always running. And his ship got blown up. Yeah. Like, yo, my man Poe gets no breaks. <laughs> Poe Dameron gets no breaks. Yeah. His ship got blown up. If you haven't seen the trailer yet, we shared it on our Facebook page. Uh, so go ahead there, check it out, drop it a like. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on in the trailer. Uh, when you open up, you see Ray's hand and you kind of like feel the ground shake. And then like, you see the pebbles kind of like start to rise up as she's like using the force or whatever. And then it's dialogue between her and Luke saying like, what do you like? Close your eyes. What do you see? She says light, dark and the balance. And then as it's going on, you see, like, several clips playing. Uh, 
what I'm most excited for that I saw through the clips is we're finally going to get backstory on the vision of, uh, so whenever Ray first got Luke's lightsaber, she had all those visions and we saw Luke with R2-D2 as Kylo and the Knights of Ren mm-hmm. were burning down uh, a town or a village or something like that. So I think we're finally going to get backstory on that. Uh, we do see Kylo Ren with his lightsaber. I don't know if, because that was right before the scene of him burning down the town with the Knights of Ren. I don't know if that's in the same cut or if that's going to be towards the end when it's like a battle between Kylo Ren and Rey. Um, and first of all, Kylo Ren looks... Um, a lot more disciplined in this one. And of course we only saw like his left eye looking over the hilt of his lightsaber, but compared to emo Ren <laughs> in the force awakens, uh, I think he looks a lot more composed cause he did go to see uh, Supreme leader Snoke um, saying he was going to complete his training. So, um, and if we follow the trilogy of the original trilogy, this is where essentially all hell breaks loose. And the Empire is there to take down the Jedi. Yeah. The most memorable thing is the last line said in the trailer from Luke. And he says, the only thing I'm certain of, or I know for a fact, is that it's time for the Jedi to end. Yes. Which doesn't mean like, oh, the good guys are, or he, or Luke is a bad guy or anything. People have to remember that the Jedi Order was is basically a government organization mm-hmm. like it was put together by the government this is and like there's a spiritual aspect to the jedi that's kind of gotten lost in all the bureaucracy and i think that's what he means i feel like he's talking about the jedi order as it stands now needs to just end and get back to the roots which is very interesting because one of the symbols we see in passing is the symbol for the jedi and um another interesting thing is we see like pen and paper like and before, like, actually, no, I think I'm thinking of the map that we see. Because yeah. a couple frames before that, we see a shelf of books. Yeah, exactly. Where the lights are, like, hitting it, and then the next frame is a map. Yeah. And then I think that's when we see we the see pen the, and paper. The, yeah. Like, so it's really interesting. It's kind of like getting away from everything. I feel like this is all about distilling uh, light and dark and the balance because as as, it, as the world exists the force exists both light and dark have to exist at the same time it's a balance of good and evil well it's a balance of light and dark and it's not necessarily good and evil there's a light side to the force and there's a dark side to the force and they have to coexist that's what the force is all about and usually it's just like the white is trying to keep the balance and the dark is trying to take over um, so I think this is all about distilling, getting rid of all the bureaucracy that happened in episode three, which was, of course, as we know, garbage. Um, like, I mean, episode three, mm-hmm. not like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like getting away from all that, getting down to being a warrior or a priestess. I don't know if she's going to be a priestess. Um, kind of like the more, uh, from Rogue One, Chirrut approach to it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I'm really, really excited. Uh, well, but- it's interesting that you say that because when I saw that, I interpreted it as... Because um, so Luke spent so much time... I saw this as one of two ways. He spent so much time in isolation, uh, probably chanting the same thing, I'm one with the Force of Forces with me or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I see it as one of two ways. Uh, the first way, which is probably not as likely 
is maybe in all this time of isolation and because of what happened previous to him going into isolation, maybe he's kind of caught in this trap of being afraid of what they can do. So he's and the new he, Obi-Wan? Then, he's and, old Obi-Wan again? Yeah, and then he needs, like, Ray coming in, being trained by him to say, like, no, there's still hope mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, so that's one way they could take it. And I don't of course, see- we have no context of when he says that. It could be yeah. at the very start of the movie. It could be the middle. Right. It could be literally the end. Yeah. So there's there's that way that can end, uh, that they can go. I mean, which is just as likely, but I don't see them going that route. The other way is because he spent so much time, at this point, he might be the one person who understands the balance the most. The most, yeah. And so he realizes the cycle, and he's like, now it's time for the Jedi to end. So then we can rise up kind of like a phoenix mm-hmm. to take down um, the First Order. So that's kind of way I interpreted it. Not and yeah, and, and you think yeah. about it, the Sith does not exist. Yeah, like Snoke said that himself. The Snake, the Sith are dead. Um, so maybe it is like the First Order is the new representation of dark, and the Jedi who they've been hanging on to this Jedi for so long. Maybe the Jedi, like as you, you said, like the, the Jedi. Jedi needs to end so that a new force of light. So what you're trying to say, kind of end that. "Quote unquote Jedi brand." Yeah, yeah, and big baller brand in the building. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, I just the word brand. I just always have to bring up big baller brand. Shout out to Lavar Ball for being an insane dad. We don't care about anything you say, but we at least respect the cheering your kids' lives. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Lavar Ball for being the most gullible dad in basketball. Oh, my god. <laughs> anyway. back to Star Wars. Yeah, and I was talking to a coworker of mine at work. He's really into Star Wars. He's been to the celebration uh, a couple of times. Uh, yeah, fire. And he actually brought up that point because um, we're talking about it's like, well, what if it was kind of like a rebranding thing? And he's like, I hope they don't do that because as long as we've known it, it's been Jedi and Sith. And like you said, Snoke was saying that the Sith are no more. It's the First Order now. Maybe they are choosing to go this route because at this point, um, yeah, there are a lot of people who still remember like the original trilogy but there are people who completely even in the star wars universe there are people who forgot about the death star like yeah in like it said it's kind of like oh we thought that was a a myth yeah so even the people in the universe have forgotten about these battles that happened such a long time ago even though i don't think like it's that far off but like it's not as ingrained into the memory. So I think it is ripe. I think it is time to create a new... I mean, we already have the First Order as the new bad. So I think it is time for uh, Ray to lead a new generation of light warriors. I don't know why I used that term, but that's just the only... <laughs> uh, and of course, FN2187 showed up. Yeah. Rich homie fan. I mean, he, um, was, like, he, was, he's taking a pow- he was taking a power nap. <laughs> yeah, for like a quarter of a second, homie showed up. Um, we still think he doesn't know how to use a lightsaber. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out in this one. And obviously, uh, this is the last movie Carrie Fisher will be a part of. And I think at the time of her passing, she had already finished all of her... She had finished, if not all of it, it was the majority of her role. Yeah. Um, and they had said previous to her passing that she was not going to be in anything further than this. Yeah. Um, and then they were like, okay, she's probably not going to... They said probably, but after she passed, they confirmed that she finished all the filming and she wasn't going to be anything. And they said they weren't going to digitally recreate her at all yeah. to preserve her memory. They wanted everything that she did to be her work. Um, 
So it's a it's a again, it's a happy and sad ending to the original trilogy um, that brought us so much joy. And it's definitely a refresher to the garbage prequels um, that have bringing not only because I grew up on the prequels and I don't necessarily hate them. I know you watched them at my house a couple times, so you don't necessarily hate them. But we understand why people dislike them. Mm-hmm. But now it's giving us something to be proud of and giving the new kids something to come up with. So like the Sith from like the Sith and the Jedi are from the seventies. So I wouldn't mind running around in some new dark. Listen, I really like First Order armor. Like, mm-hmm. if I can get me a Kylo Ren helmet, fire. Mm-hmm. Fire. Yeah. And pl- Phasma back. She did not She did not die in the trash can. <laughs> Captain Phasma will be playing a main part in this movie. We don't know what role. Hopefully she actually speaks this time instead right. of just getting thrown in the trash can with Chewbacca. <laughs> oh, help. Yeah. Uh, so lots of good stuff taken away from the trailers. Uh, again, if you caught something that we missed or we didn't talk about, go ahead, drop it in the trailer. We'd love to know what you guys think. What do you think uh, Luke Skywalker meant when he said he knows the Jedi need to end? Cool. And then some rapid-fire comments. Um, Lando Calrissian will not be appearing. Mm. Obviously, um, Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover, will still be reprising the role as young Lando in the Han Han Solo Solo movie. Uh, So they've confirmed that that is actually happening. And I don't know if it's production, but they said that's happening. But we will not see um, Calrissian in episode 8 or 9. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah, fair enough. Um, They also mentioned some stuff about uh, crossovers. They're really saying a lot of things about how they're not only building this universe, but how it's all going to line up with each other, which um, basically culminates in Rebels, which we're going to talk about now. So, you want to talk about the Rebels trailer? Um, Or you just want to talk about Rebels in general? Just Rebels in general, because I know... We posted the trailer. Again, facebook.com backslash even more about nothing. We posted the trailer up on there. You can go watch it yourself uh, and then leave a comment in the comment section. Let us know what you think. If you agree with us, cool. If you think we're absolutely wrong, that's also probably correct um, because we often get things wrong on this channel. Yeah. People call us out on it. Yeah. Shout out to Greg. (laughs) I get text messages now. (laughs) Yeah. uh, One of the things um, about Rebels, because it was only back in January where we didn't even know that we're getting like a season four. And they're talking about, oh, we haven't heard anything yet. Uh, are they going to end with season three? Does that mean a new animated series is going to come out? Um, and if so, where are they going to go with it? Because as of right now, the span they've been going with is after the prequels end. Well, mid, like after the second movie ends, almost right now they're leading up to the start of A New Hope mm-hmm. is where things things are going. And uh, it's like, where do they go after that? They have confirmed that after season four, Rebels is done. Yes. And so now the question is, like, where are we going after this? Because I believe, uh, I haven't watched much of Rebels, but I believe with season four, the main character is Ezra. Yeah. Correct? I believe it's supposed to come down with some showdown between him and the Sith, correct? I believe so. And I'm not sure exactly where that lines up in order, like, of the... um, Star Wars timeline, but it is canon, so it, it will, uh, it will be something that hasn't been explored 
um, from a different aspect, but it is going to line up with the canon. So everything we know in the universe to be true still exists. This is just kind of explaining how some of those things has happened. Um, yeah, I think it ends right as A New Hope begins. Food. Right as A New Hope, or is it going to end, like, towards the beginning of Rogue One? Because I think Rogue, you might be more correct Rogue on that one. Rogue One ends right before New Hope starts. I think you might be... I, yeah, you probably... I, 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 it's one, I can't remember exactly what the article that I read said, but uh, the article's actually up on the page, so facebook.com backslash even more about nothing. You can read for yourself, because <laughs> I forget often. Um... Yeah, because I can see him. Uh, and at this point, I know they probably had it in the works for a little bit, but Rogue One only came out in December. And at the same time, they're all sharing information, so they probably already knew about it so they could work it in. I mean, it's not like season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Anyways, that's throwing shade, though. Mm. <laughs> um, so I think they could work it out and write in a way that it ends a little bit before, like Rogue One. That leaves a question. Where's, like, the next animated series that they're going to do? Where is that going to pick up? Where are they going to uh, start to expand the ever-expanding universe that is Star Wars? Are they going to, like, go back before the prequels? Are they going to do this, like, talk about the Sith Wars? Are they going to go after um, Episode 6? What if they do one between Empire Strikes Back and then Return of the Jedi? Like, that kind of time period. And that's the other thing. They could do something like that, but at the same time, we're not exactly sure like how long of a time gap that is because there's probably not much to work with between Episode 5 and Episode 6. But are they going to do like after Episode 6? Are they going to go before the prequels? So there's lots of questions that need to be answered. For sure. Um, just really excited. Uh, really good stuff. Really primed up for a fire. Like, 2017 is going to be really just exciting, the way it ends. It all the great games, obviously all the amazing Star Wars stuff, not to mention it's going to lead into a great 2018 opening up with that Han Solo movie. Ah, so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, We appreciate you guys listening. Hold on. I would be ultimately remiss if we ended the show and did not talk about the single most important thing that happened this week. K Dot's album. All right, we're gonna take a minute. <laughs> All the hip hop fans, please assemble. <sighs> April fourteenth came, and it was a glorious day. And he delivered. Oh man, Kendrick Lamar, K Dot, little boy from Compton, dropped one of the best albums. Um, I'm gonna be sacrilegious. This is top ten hip hop albums ever, ever. Ever Like, that came out, and I was like, homie's already secured a Grammy. Listen, from the very, listen, from how the album opens up, right into the DNA, I was like, I was listening, I'm like, oh, this is going to be pretty good. I had my speakers turned up, that was a terrible mistake, I almost blew my eardrums out, because <laughs> DNA comes in with the bass. Ah! Oh. Um, yeah, and before people trying to, trying to start having this conversation about, oh, man, Kendrick's come to save rap. Listen, if you can't name me four songs off Section 80, don't talk about rap because you don't know <laughs> this. You don't know what we're talking about. Ah, really good. Again, only four features. This is the only time I'm willing, listen, willingly listening to U2. Um, because Kendrick, <laughs> he's got Rihanna, U2, and some other person on the album. That's it. Uh, and I was like, I sat down and listened to the whole U2 song and didn't realize it. I was like, that's the power of Kendrick. Mm-hmm. It's the power of Kendrick. Um, with this album being his fourth album, 
No, fifth. Because, uh, no, it's his fourth. Section 80, Good Kid, Mad City. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's his fifth. Um, Good Kid, Mad City, To Pimp a Butterfly, Untitled, Unmastered, and then Damn. Well, damn, fire. Um, with his fifth album already being celebrated as a classic, which gives him two, two classics albums, I have heard conversations putting him in the conversation with, like, greatest of all time. I would not disagree. So the conversation has not moved to, like, uh, he's no, we can't even have a conversation about rap in this generation without having a conversation about Kendrick. We can no longer have a rap about conversation, a conversation about rap is like history of rap without having a conversation about Kendrick. So he's now moved into upper echelon. I feel like it is still, to me, as like artists, rappers specifically, who have just like made amazing contributions to a generation and have left their stamp for forever, where if you have to talk about the history of rap, you have to bring up their name. Number one, Jay-Z. Jay-Z is the greatest rapper of all time, greatest rapper alive. We can have this discussion another time. That is non-debatable. Jay-Z is the GOAT. Second of all, my favorite human being on the planet, Kanye West. The man dropping bars. Listen, my beautiful dark, my beautiful dark twist of fantasy is the influence of Lil Yachty, Lil Uzi Vert, Migos, all these guys. They all, all, in one way or another, got their influence from graduation or my beautiful dick. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Those two albums, grails. Like, and then not to mention Pablo is still amazing. So, <laughs> Life of Pablo is probably my favorite. Drama. It's probably my favorite Kanye album, but we all know that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is one of the greatest rap albums ever. But anyway, um, damn, every single... <laughs> I didn't mean to say it that way, but like, yeah. damn the album. That's how I have to gotta say it. Damn the album. Every single song tells a story that is self-contained but still contributes to the overall arc of the story of the album. Like, that's wordsmithing at its most basic and most fantastic way. Not to mention all the beats are fire. <laughs> all the beats slap. But um, before, I, before, before this turns into a rap album conversation, uh, shout out to Kendrick Lamar. You changed the rap world again. You said you was going to do it. And now Drake, Drake got to Drake gotta go hide. But where my boy Cole at? Oh, he's going to Afro. We're not worried about Cole. Dude, For Your Eyes only hit platinum just a couple weeks ago. Is it about to be double platinum soon? Yeah, For Your Eyes only is not in the sleep mode. Did he, uh, did he, did he have features? Nope. nope. Did, nope. Have, have you, have, features? No. Yeah. Haven't you seen the meme about, like, uh, <laughs> everyone who, like, when it went uh, platinum, he's like, every, everyone that's thanked for going platinum, and it's photoshopped from the, the N- NCAA, NCAA, yeah, and they photoshopped Cole's face on all the teams. Yeah, J. Cole thinking everybody, like, he featured on his album, it's just him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, so, I don't think J. Cole's in that conversation yet. You know, He's very close. He's right on the bubble. If we get one more fire album from Cole, we have to put him in that conversation. Here's my thing. Drake will always be in that conversation, but he's not there lyrically. Like, Drake makes great songs, and he's doing rap on a bigger stage than anyone else's right now. But as far as, like, lyrical competition, his bars don't keep up. His bars, nowhere near. Listen, there's one song on Damn, DNA mm-hmm. or Humble. Have more like lyrical variety on those than all of Drake's album. He's not wrong. 
Like, pick one. You could pick DNA or you could pick Damn. And those are just the two, or, or uh, Humble. And those are just the ones with the hardest slaps. We're not even talking about the ones where he's talking about, like, spirituality and, like, the duality of, like, living in Compton and wanting to, like, be a good student, but not being, like, drugged down by, like, being surrounded by drugs and gangs, but still wanting to be, like, a good, like, son to his mom who was, like, oh, so many complex issues. And, like, he talks about it in such a brilliant way. Uh, like, Again, Drake's make, Drake makes amazing, great song. Someone compared Drake to Will Smith, and I was like, that's one of the best analogies I've ever heard. Because everybody knows about him, everybody likes his song, but he's always popular. Not, not, bars. Not bars. Not, bars. not, not to show for it. Yeah, nothing to show for it. I mean, he's got a lot of money, but like, when we talk about bars, Drake needs to be left at the door. Like, right now, if you ask me the two best lyricists, the two most famous lyricists, the two, like, Signed to big labels, their names are out there. The two best, it's Kendrick and Cole, and Kendrick is leading the pack. Like, Cole is a very, very close second, but he's got a little bit of work to do. Um, Four Your Eyes only came out to, again, it's got platinum now, but a lot of people are like, oh, man, this album's kind of dumb. No, you just had to, you just weren't listening. But Kendrick never, Kendrick never does that. He drops bars day one. Um, so, really excited for, um, there was this theory going around that he was going to drop another album today. That's been disproven, because, you know, it's already, like, 4 o'clock. And his producer said, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, I got caught. <laughs> I was trolled earlier today, so I was on Facebook. And Futuristic, another rapper, mm-hmm. he posted a link, screenshot. So it had Damn mm-hmm. on there. And it was on iTunes. And you can see it. It's like it said Damn. The next one said Nation. Nation. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I was like, I was there. I was like, are you kidding me? Open it up. Link. Trolls the movie soundtrack. Hilarious. Hilarious. I was low-key pissed. Hilarious. <laughs> but if you want to have a discussion about rap and hip-hop, catch me on Twitter, at Mookie833. I'll school you with some bars. Um, come at me, bro. Kanye is one of the greatest... Kanye is one of the greatest artists of this generation. Travis Scott? Fight me. <laughs> Listen, I'm hyped for Travis Scott. And Travis Scott is a, is a prodigy of Kanye, so say what you want. Call me what you want, but you can't call, call me, me bro. bro. Facts. Money! <laughs> Um, alright, I think that's a good point to end the album on. Uh, end the album on? I mean, this is a mixtape. Facts. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a great point to end the podcast on. Obviously, by the time you hear this podcast, we've already done it, but every Sunday, uh, myself and young Jimmy over here, we run a stream called Dual Stream Sundays. One of us will be streaming on the About Nothing channel, twitch.tv backslash even more about nothing. The other will be streaming on our personal channel. We're just trying to get enough, it's more ways of engaging with you guys. So check us out every Sunday. We tweet out the stream about 30 minutes before we go live. Uh, it could be anywhere from hour. We had a really, really short show last week, 30 minutes, but uh, we're going to try and avoid that. We're about to give you an hour to two, sometimes three hours of just great gaming content, just conversation with the crowds. Um, just another way for us to interact with you guys, you guys to reach out to us and just interact with us. Um, check us out on Twitter, E-Man Podcast 1. Um, Instagram, E-Man Podcast. Snapchat, E-Man P1. And Facebook, as we've said multiple, multiple times, facebook.com backslash even more about nothing. If you're listening to this podcast on the iTunes podcast app, do us a favor. Go to our podcast, leave us a rating, 
Let us know what we could be better at. If you could give us a five-star rating, we would love it. If you can't, still leave us a rating. It helps get us there. But just give us a give us a construct. If you give us a one-star, we're going to take it. We're not going to like it. But ex- at least give us something we could work on just so we can make this podcast better. I we, mean, if you give us a one-star, the best you're going to get are some, uh, no, some office jokes. Facts. It'll just be more like, do I... I don't believe you continue. <laughs> I don't believe you continue. Uh, but yeah, we just really want to. We, we started this project as, as a uh, passion project, and it's just really grown into something that we do because you guys continue to support us. So, as always, we love and appreciate you, especially you guys in China. We don't know why if you're listening to us or if you can understand us, but we appreciate you because you keep coming back every week. Um, appreciate all the love that we've been getting on the Facebook page. Shout out to Greg, John, the accountant, all the people who follow us on that social media platform. We uh, continually and will always appreciate you for everything you've done for us. My name is Mookie833. You are? James. And this young man over here is? It's your boy, Mateo. So, with that being said, share us with your friends. If you have other friends and you're like, you might enjoy this, just go ahead and like slide on into them DMs or share it on their feed. If you still like, got an iPhone 6, just take the ox cord on that long road trip and just play the podcast. Just plug it in. And you, they'll like, oh, I thought some slacks were playing. I mean, different kind of slaps, different but they still slaps. be getting it. Bars. <laughs> Anyways, so thank you for joining us on this great Easter weekend. We will see you later. <laughs>